and poor meet together. And then it says, the Lord is the maker of them all. And I think this morning, man, it's historical, man. Y'all sitting there and you're like, wow, okay, this is a darker skinned brother this morning. All right. And uh, the elephant in the room is so funny, isn't it? But, uh, man, I tell you, everything that God has done here, just being here for a couple hours is tremendous and a miracle that God has done here. Uh, where the only thing dead on this road is the road. Amen. <laughs> Everything else, God is alive and well and working in your life. And uh, thank you so much for, for coming this morning and being faithful to the house of God. And uh, man, I, I, I love Pastor Jake and I look forward to our friendship growing throughout the years. And, and I thank you, Jake, for letting me come and uh, for the encouragement that you are to me, my brother. I don't know if all the words that he spoke were true, but uh, I said in the 9 o'clock service, I'm, I'm going to slip him a little bit of chew for saying what he said, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody okay with that? It's all good. Okay, all right. I know I'm in North Carolina, man. I know. I've heard stories about deacons going out in the back and smoking cigarettes before the service and all that. That's crazy. Is that true? Hey, hey, if that's you, hey. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's like, <laughs> but I had a good time. Man, uh, hey, the rhythm in the church is real, too. You know, I, I like a little rhythm. Duh. All right. I like a little rhythm. Okay. And when I came in this morning, I was like, okay. I see them up there doing a little half step. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Redeem how I love to proclaim. Y'all need a little bit of that. Y'all ain't there yet, but you need a little bit more of that. But, but I appreciate, Brother Mac, the music ministry here. And, and I think my brother on the bass, A, and, and the guitar and all that. Hey, you guys are real, man. Listen, uh, that just makes all the difference to the world. Thank you for ministering music today to the Lord Jesus Christ and also to help us, man. I love it, man. I, that bass, man, it gets me all the time. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And Brother Matt, just the talent that God has given you, and, and thank you for using it for his glory. And church family, it's good to be with God's people today. It's good to be with God's people. Now, pastor did say, uh, you heard him right, I'm the Spanish minister at Liberty Baptist Church. Congratulations, only a month away. Come on, praise God. Amen. Happy for you and Colin. But uh, only uh, a Spanish minister at Liberty Baptist Church. And uh, my mother, she is from El Salvador. Do I have any Salvadorans in the house? Any Salvadorans and no Salvadorans? Okay. You ever been to El Salvador? Have you ever had pupusas? Anybody know what pupusas are? Have a witness? All right, all right. Okay, two or three. Okay. Just stuffed tortillas. Okay. Amazing. Clog your arteries, but they're amazing. Okay. But uh, pupusas. So my mom's from El Salvador, and her and my father met in Long Beach. Okay. Anybody know where Long Beach is at? Not Long Beach, uh, New York, right? New York having Long Beach? Nobody knows about that. But Long Beach, California. Los Angeles, the birthplace of Snoop Dogg. Okay, anybody know where? Okay. Too much? Too much? Okay, all right. But Well, that's where I'm from. Okay, that's where I'm from. Okay, I got the city tattooed on my back. I'll show you. If you want to give me 20 bucks, I'll show you at the end of the service. But uh, that's a joke. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, man, he brought me tattoo guy here preaching for us. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, I love the place where I'm from. And I'm sure you love where you're from. And just a beautiful thing to see the Lord bring us together today. Man, that's awesome, man. It's awesome. And I'll tell you, this Roe v. Wade thing, man, that's God's blessing. That's God's grace right there. All right, that's a step in a really good direction. And uh, this world needs Jesus. How many agree with that? They need Jesus. And I'm thankful for all the things that God is doing in our country today, man. And uh, he says, before you were formed in the belly of your mother, what did Jesus say? He said, I knew you. 
I knew you. And then what a precious stain, man. And I hope that God will continue to work not only at the White House, but also in his house, all right, and at my house and at your house. That's where it begins. I like what Pastor Jake said this morning. He says, I, I want this to start with me. I need Christ. I need Jesus. And I don't want to come and just have church or play church. I, I want to be the church, you know. I don't want to compartmentalize Jesus. You see, this is not just a Sunday thing for us. Y'all with me this morning? This is not just a Sunday thing. This is an everyday thing, that the presence of God would go with me, that God would be so real. When Jesus came down to man, he says, I want you guys to, I want you to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that is who he is. He's God with us. I, uh, aboard, I, I boarded the plane yesterday, and uh, I thought, Lord, this is going to be interesting, you know, going to travel and uh, be around folks. And I was talking to people, you know, a little bit and, and trying to talk to them about Christ and all that. You know how people are. Sometimes they'll be so, so, so open. And then the moment you mention that you're a pastor or Jesus, they're like, oh, <laughs> let me take a step back, you know. But uh, praying for people and just the privilege to be able to travel with the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, please pray for my family. Some of y'all, I know you're prayer warriors. My wife's name is Ileana, okay, and Sammy is my oldest, Sophia, Israel, and Isabella. And, uh, you know, I, I want God to really work in their lives, you know. And, and this is awesome to be able to see God's work different parts of the country and world. But I think my greatest accomplish, accomplishment, if I can say that, um, my greatest accomplishment will not be a message I preach or maybe a ministry that God did through me. I think the greatest thing would, would be having those four kids in love with Jesus Christ. I think I want to get to the end of life and say, man, Sammy, Sophia, Israel, and Isabella love the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my goal. That's my dream. Would you help me pray to that end? I tell you, it's, it's very personal to me. Can I, I'm, just, I'm just speaking to you from my heart. We're going to get into the message. I won't take too long. But I, I grew up in a single mother's home. My mother's name is Orbelina. And I love my mom to death. I love Orbelina so much. She worked 12-hour shifts five days a week. She would leave the house at 5.30 to catch two buses and get home at night about 7.30. She worked from 7 to 7. And my mother is, is one of the best people I know. My mom, she loves the Lord and just a warrior, just a worker. And um, I want so much for God to honor her life. And, uh, but listen, I grew up without a father in the home. And, and I hate, and it's, it's not self-pity. I'm just telling you how it was. And, and I want so much for God to raise up another generation, not only my children, but also your children. And uh, if you see me here today, man, you see Orbelina, all right? And y'all don't know her, but I love my mom to death. And uh, there's no self-made man, all right? My pastor used to say, if you see a turtle on a fence post, you know he didn't get there on his own, all right? So here's the Ninja Turtle this morning, all right? So, all right, all right, Michelangelo's the real deal, all right? So, but God's so good, that's right. Man, this guy's crazy, it's all good. Uh, good to see my friend Andy this morning, and, and I, I appreciate you, Brother Andy. Man, God bless you and your beautiful family. God is good. Uh, I want to call your attention this morning to the Gospel of John. Would you please turn your Bibles and go to John, okay? And we'll go to John chapter number 8 this morning. John chapter number 8. And I want to be sensitive to what God wants to do 
this morning in this service. John chapter number 8. <clears throat> John chapter number 8. We'll look at verse number 10. John chapter number 8 and verse number 10 this morning. Church family, if you'll read this verse together with me, John chapter 8 and verse number 10. Ready, begin. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Very simply this morning, I like to tag the text this morning, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. As I pray audibly, would you pray internally that God would help you and commit to put into practice whatever the Holy Spirit has to tell you this morning. I don't, I don't have an agenda, okay? I just want to do what God has called me to do and be sensitive to what he wants this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, because you woke me up this morning. I'm thankful, God, because you let me come to this beautiful place to see wonderful people that love you. Brothers and sisters in Christ that are living in victory, thank you, God, for being so good to this church. And Lord, all throughout this country and even this world today, the name of Jesus has been preached. And souls have come to the cross. And you've encouraged your men to continue doing your work. Lord, I thank you that you've brought me through this place. I don't deserve to be here, God. And I'm not saying this publicly for some type of affirmation or adoration. It's the truth. I am grateful, though, God. I'm thankful for the way that you've worked here, God, at Eufola. Be able to see the images online of people that trust you and are baptized and the Holy Ghost at work. Lord, I ask that I would not get in the way today. I don't want to mess anything up that you're doing. I simply want to be used of you. That, that is it, Lord. Like my brother said, it's, it's not for strife or vainglory that I'm here. It is so that the name of Christ could be exalted. It is so that your church would be built for the perfecting of the saints, to equip them to do what you've called all of us to do, to shine the light of Christ. Lord, like I asked you in the earlier service, would you please continue to bring a great awakening to this area? Every corner of Statesville would know the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I ask that you would use your people here at Eufola, that we could see down through the years that you have, yes, constructed new buildings only because there was no more space, and that you can enlarge their coast, make them a blessing, that you would keep them from sin, that it would not grieve them or their loved ones. Lord, I ask you for the shepherd here this morning. God, thank you for the under-shepherd that you've placed here. I ask, Lord, that you would put a hedge of purity and protection around my friend Jake, that, Father, you would help his heart to continue to be 
on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. That you would bless Miss Sarah and that daughter. And Father, I ask, Lord, that you would keep him pure and keep him near the cross, Lord. In a day where many a man of God are fallen by the wayside, I ask that you'd help us to finish right, Lord, please. We trust you. We love you. And we thank you for the Lord Jesus. Without him, this time would not be possible. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1905, a beautiful hymn was written, and the title of the hymn is entitled, My Savior's Love. I remember the first time I heard the words of the first stanza. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene, and I wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned, unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How wonderful, how marvelous is my Savior's love for me. In our message today, I'd like to briefly look into a story of the life of Christ I love the Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible tells me that he went about doing good. He went about doing good because he is good. <laughs> the Bible says in Psalm 34, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Bible says in Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I like that song, goodness of God. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. I know I have some witnesses in the house today that can testify along with this boy from the east side of Long Beach that the goodness of God has pursued you all the days of your life. You see, I, I don't deserve even the least of God's blessings. But when I read Psalm 23 as a young child, I did not understand it, and quite frankly, today I don't grasp it, but I know a little bit more now that God's goodness has followed me all the days of my life. Jesus finds himself now here. It's a beautiful story. The Bible says that Jesus, in verse 1, went into the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him and sat down, and the Bible says he taught them. Now, could you imagine being taught the Word of God by the Word of God? I'm thankful for that. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, John 1.1, 1, 1, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, verse 14, full of what? Grace and truth. Now, Jesus is in the temple, and he's gathered the crowd. By the way, wherever Jesus was, there was always a crowd there. Because people needed things, all right? Just like you and I are needy people. Some people needed healing from a disease, and so Jesus would heal. Some people needed to be fed, and so Jesus fed them. Some people had demon possession, and Jesus would cast out the demon. One time, they had to rip the, had to rip the roof off because the friend was sick of the palsy, and Jesus healed them. Jesus always drew a crowd. And now people are gathered around to hear his doctrine. And in the middle of this, something 
crazy happens. Would you notice, first of all, her condemnation? Watch what the Bible says in verse number 3. Follow me here, church. John 8 and verse number 3. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in what, church? Adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, verse 4, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, by the way, this is a very awkward situation. Jesus is in the temple teaching these people, and he's teaching them about the kingdom of God. And the Pharisees, which were, I don't think there's ever been a more audacious and arrogant group of people like the Pharisees. Self-righteous, I mean, believed in themselves. And the Pharisee, the way to remember is they were fair to see. They focused so much on the exterior, not knowing that they were whited sepulchers. They were full of dead man's bones. And they were the religious crowd. Now, I must confess to you this morning, because I'm the preacher, I should be transparent, open, and honest, okay? I must confess to you, unfortunately, sometimes I've been the Pharisee. I hate that about myself. I hate that sometimes I can think myself better than somebody else based on my appearance. Well, my marriage is not as bad as theirs. Well, my money is a little bit higher, or I got money in a bank, but they're poor. Well, I dress a little bit better. And look at them. They don't, they don't have everything that I have. Sometimes I've been the Pharisee. I hate to tell you that, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's been in me sometimes. That that's not what I want to be. And so the Pharisees bring a woman caught in the very act of adultery. Not, not Pastor Jake. We heard that this woman was going around. We heard that her and, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know uh, Johnny, I heard that her and Johnny, no, 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 no. We caught her in the very act. By the way, what were they doing there? What you mean you caught her in the very act? What? Very piously, master. Set her in the midst. Try to embarrass her. Try to make an open spectacle of her. Here, look, look at this woman right here. Dirty. Ho. Dirty. Dirty. Sinner. Look, look at that woman right there, Jesus. We caught her in the very act of adultery. Verse 5, look what the Bible says. Now Moses. They try to bring Bible into this. <laughs> now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be what, church? Stone. But what do you say? Moses says she should be killed right now on the spot. What do you say, Jesus? Come on now. You're teaching the word, aren't you? What, you going to teach it and not practice it? What? Leviticus 20.10. And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Okay, so here's a the problem. They're bringing the woman, but they didn't bring the man. Mm -hmm. If they were really concerned about holiness, if they were really concerned about Moses, they would have brought the man too. Y'all see what I'm talking about this morning? But they just brought the woman. Where's the man? Well, they don't care about the man. And by the way, they don't even care about the woman. Who are they trying to trap here? Jesus. Look at verse 6. This said they, tempting him, or trying to trap him, that they might have to what? Accuse him. <laughs> 
But Jesus stooped down, and with his finger he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Have you got parents in the room? You guys will understand. Colin, you understand this. Sometimes as a dad or a mom, the kids will just be fighting, and then they come to you, Daddy, me, 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 me. And Daddy, me, 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 Daddy, me, 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 what you doing? You sometimes, sister, you in the kitchen, you're cooking. And Daddy, me, me, mommy, mama, me, 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 mama, mama, mama. And that's what these guys were doing. Master. Hey, master. And Jesus is teaching. Master. Hey, master. Yapping away. You know what Jesus does? He stoops down to the ground. And he begins to write. I've always wondered, what did Jesus write? The scripture doesn't say what he wrote. What is he writing? When you get to heaven, we have all these questions that we want to ask the Lord, right? Like, Lord, what, what, what were you writing that day? Look what the Bible says. Their conviction, verse 7, watch, watch this, watch what happens here. So when they continued asking, Master, what you going to do about this woman? She needs to be put to death. Jesus lifted up himself and he said unto them, He that is without what, church? Sin among you. He that is, among, that is uh, without sin among you. What did Jesus say? Let him first cast a what? Here's a scene. They all came with stones in their hands. Huge stones. By the way, when they stone people, they didn't just throw rocks at them. No, no. They dug holes in the ground. Only their heads would be exposed, and they would stone them until their heads were crushed. They all came with bloodthirsty hands trying to murder this woman. They really thought that they were going to kill this woman. In their minds. I mean, they're, man, hey, man, we're about to kill somebody today. Come on, let's take her. They all came with stones in their hands, not knowing that they were leading her to a greater stone. <laughs> and Jesus says, all right, guys, since you're yapping, let me ask you a question. Let me make a statement. He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. And again, he stooped down on the ground and he wrote. So he stoops down and he's writing. He stands up. What you going to do about this? Okay, stop. I'm not going to address the Moses situation because, by the way, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to what? Fulfill the law. How many understand that in Christ, the law is fulfilled? And praise God for that. I'm not under the curse of the law today. I'm not trying to get the favor of God and to impress God. We get into trouble sometimes because we want to impress God. We want to impress God by the way we speak, by the way that we dress, by the way that we act. And I'm not talking about living holy and all that, but I'm just saying, my brothers and sisters, all of us are sinful, and the prophet said, all of my righteousness are as filthy rags. In Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah's prophesying to the nation of Israel, and he's like, woe unto you, and woe unto you, and woe unto you, and woe unto you, and woe unto you. And woe unto you, and woe unto you. But what happens when you get to Isaiah chapter number six? The Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw another king high and lifted up, the Lord God Almighty, and his train filled the temple. And the cherubims and the seraphims were flying around singing, Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. And when Isaiah got a glimpse of the Lord Jesus Christ, what did Isaiah say that day? He didn't say, Woe unto you. What did Isaiah say? Woe is me. Why? Because he got a glimpse of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! It's like, wow, it's Jesus. 
Thank God today I'm not trying to get the favor of God today. I'm not trying to get on God's good side. You see, the law, my brothers and sisters, was our schoolmaster. The law took us to school. Well, you, what you learn at school? That Jesus paid it all. That's what I learned at school. That Jesus is the one that came to fulfill the law. That Jesus Christ is the only one who had the right to stand up that day and say, Hey, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. And the Bible says that one by one, do you see their conviction? One by one, the stones hit the ground. One by one, they went out. What did he write on the ground? I don't know. Theologian, I think F.F. Bruce, I think he said, in my opinion, he said, they, I think Jesus began to write their sins on the ground. You're an adulterer. Adultery. You, right there, number three, right there on the line. Out you go. Hey, you. Embezzler. And, and, one by one, they begin out there. Hey, you. You gossip. One by one, they begin to leave. One of the saddest things about this, you know what it is, church? That they were in presence of God. That they were in the presence of Jesus. And instead of coming to Jesus, they walked away from him. You see, condemnation focuses on your identity. Condemnation says you're good for nothing. You're worthless. Why try? That's condemnation. Condemnation always leads to death. But conviction, conviction always leads to life. With the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the conviction of God that brought me to the realization that I cannot attain the righteousness of God. It was the conviction of the Holy Spirit that allowed me to understand that because of my sin, I'm separated from a holy God. It was the conviction of the Holy Spirit that's keeping my marriage right. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that's keeping me out of sin. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that's keeping me in church. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that tells me that the Word of God is true, tried in the furnace of fire. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that lets me know that I'm walking the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Oh, thank God I'm pressing on. Hell, take me to higher ground. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that lets me know that there is a heaven, that it's not a figment of my imagination. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that tells me that Jesus is God. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that tells me that the Holy Spirit is God. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that tells me God is our Father. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that's keeping me pure. Thank God for the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. They were convicted and instead of going to Jesus, they began to walk away. Whew. What happens here, my brothers? They never face the reality of their sin. Maybe you're here this morning and you are living a life of sin. And maybe you glossed over it. Yeah, well, God, he's forgiven. He's loving. He is. He is loving. He is forgiving. But sin is going to destroy your life. Sin is not a respecter of persons, by the way. Sin will destroy your life. Sin is the world's greatest detective. Your sin will find you out. Sin. I wish I could tell you I, I, I don't struggle with sin, but I do. I don't want to sin. 
The Bible says, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. What little things? What, what things? What little children? What are the little children? What does he write? These things write unto you that you sin not. Then Jesus says, but if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Mercy walked in. Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the propitiation. The word propitiation means substitute for our sins and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Would you notice his compassion? I'm going to stop here. Watch what the Bible says in verse number 10. The Pharisees are convicted. They walk away. (laughs) In verse 10, the Bible says, when Jesus had lifted up himself and he saw none but the woman, now she's one-on-one with Jesus. He said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? Verse 11, let's read it together, church. Ready, begin. She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, what did he say? Well, you say, Sammy, well, well, somebody, I mean, she sinned, right? Yeah, she did. So what's Jesus doing here? Is he condoning her sin? No. Is he condemning her in her sin? No. He lovingly and compassionately confronts her about her sin. And he says, I don't condemn you. But listen, sweetheart, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Missionary Roy Gustatson, he was a Methodist evangelist of yesteryear. Roy Gustafson went to Jamaica on a missionary trip and he came into a prison and he spoke to over a thousand prisoners. (laughs) After he was done speaking to a thousand prisoners, one of the guards said, Mr. Mr. Gustafson, would you please come and speak to a, a smaller group of condemned criminals that are death row? Most of them are set to be executed on Tuesday. He said, sure, I'll go. His consciousness gripped his heart because he knew that this would be one of the last times that this group would hear the gospel. Mr. Gustafson went into this group of about 14 men, the story tells us, and he begins to sing the song, Jesus, my Lord, will love me forever. He began to sing the line of the song, the chorus, now I belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs to me. Not for the years of time alone, but for all eternity. And one of the men who was a condemned criminal, set to be executed days later, he said, Mr. Gusazzo, Mr. Gusazzo, do you think I can be saved? Adding sadly, I can't read. Can I be saved? Mr. Gusazzo took him through the Gospels and showed him the love of Christ. And that day, that condemned criminal trusted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. He said, Roy, before you leave... Would you please sing the chorus of the song again? Now I belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs to me. Not for the years of time alone, but for all eternity. And soon a small little chorus began to sing those condemned criminals on their way to be executed, along with the criminal that got saved. Now I belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs to me. The story says that Roy was on his way out. And the criminal, he began to wave. He said, bye, Roy. Thank you for coming. Bye, Roy. And through the bars, he can hear him singing. Bye, Roy. Hey, Roy. Now I belong to Jesus. 
And Jesus belongs to me, not for the years of time alone, but for all eternity. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that the accuser of the brethren, that is Satan, he accuses us before the presence of God day and night. And here's the thing, the devil has a reason to accuse because yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, my sin should lead me to hell. Yes, I should be condemned and burn in hell for all of eternity. And you say, Sammy, what do you answer Satan when your accusations are held towards you? What do you say to the presence of God? Well, the Bible says in Revelation that they overcame the accusation of Satan. How did they overcome him? They overcame him by the precious blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the power that's in the blood of Jesus. Oh, thank God, the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. Oh, it's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power, for it reaches the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. Oh, thank God, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain I know. Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sin away. I'm thankful today, my brothers and sisters, that I am condemned, but I've been made clean through the precious, powerful blood of Jesus. Praise God. Oh, it's the blood of Jesus. And because of the blood that I receive, I go. <laughs> and sin no more. How could I walk away from somebody like Jesus? How can I be unfaithful to Eliana having somebody like Jesus? How can I be an absent or angry daddy when I know the Father above. How could I do it? When I struggle, he picks me up. When I falter, he picks me up. The just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Some of y'all at least need to get up this morning. Hey, don't stay right there. So you got problems in your marriage? Get up this morning. You got problems in your finances? Get up this morning. You've cheated, you lied, you've stolen. Hey, get up this morning, you follow and say, it's the blood of Jesus that gives me strength to go on another day. Go. Yeah, go. But don't you sin no more. Oh, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I'm persuaded that height or death or principalities or angels or things present the things that come. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Condemned, yes. Clean, yes. Convicted, yes. But close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for how good you are to us. Thank you, Lord, that in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Lord, it is because of your grace, because of your mercy, that I'm able to stand today. Father, would you please help? 